Welcome to Fiction Authors Talk Books or Fat Books Podcast. This episode, I'm talking with the darling Ivy Asher about a little of this and that. I named this podcast Fiction Authors Talk Books because I wanted to incorporate all aspects of being a fiction author in the discussions. Being an author is a stressful job with high expectations from both ourselves and our fans, so this will always be a chill conversation that probably goes off topic most times, but we'll have some fun. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to see your favorite author on here, send them this link and they can get in touch with us at fatbookspodcast at gmail. We take all authors who write fiction and have been published as long as they're polite. Thanks for joining and on to the podcast. How long have you been doing this? You've been doing this a while, right? I don't see. I feel like I'm still a baby. I'm just like over four-ish years now, four, four and a half years now. So not long at all. Well, that's definitely not a noob. I mean, that's, that's, you're, you're, you're okay. seasoned enough to, to, I'm to like get the game. Between. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you've been doing this long enough and have enough out where, how many computers have you gone through? Oh my gosh. I'm, uh, I'm just about to buy a new laptop. And I, so I've probably gone through like four. This will be my fourth. Yeah. Buy. Yeah. It's, it's the funniest thing because we're not like gamers or super techie people, but every author I talk to, like I have to, I think my writing computer, I have to get a new writing computer again. And I just got one like two years ago, uh-huh. but I have a laptop. I have a big computer in my office. That's actually more my gaming computer in my office, but it's all my backup and all my graphic stuff. But then I have my writing computer and it seems every year one of them goes out. And yeah, and they like to trade off. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. But like, even, I mean, obviously I'm on my writing computer a lot, you know, writing. And, Mm -hmm. but even when I'm done for the day, a lot of times I boot up my laptop and I'm doing pre-edits on that or edits on it. And it's like, I don't, it's just funny because most people, I guess, don't think of authors as like very techie, but for the amount of time that we're on, every time I talk to an author, they're like, oh God, yeah, I got to get a new computer. And it's just really funny for me. Like, I wonder how much we make up the industry, the tech computer laptop industry in sales. It's so funny too, because I would also say like gamer accessories as well, because when I first started writing, I, so I was Android everything, right? And Mm -hmm. then when I discovered um, Vellum and the fact that like Apple, everything connects in this really like user-friendly way, I switched over to everything Apple. So I got like a new laptop. I've now switched over to, I have like a big fatty desktop and now a laptop, depending upon where I want to work for the day. And then I bought um, like a gamer chair because I was sitting in like these office chairs and my back and legs were killing me, you know, after working sometimes 12 plus hours a day, like regularly. And um I started, you know, when I got some book money, I started buying like fancy office chairs and they were awful. And so I started researching like (laughs) different things that I could, you know, acquire to help me feel more comfortable. And I saw recommended everywhere gamer chairs. I have like this secret lab, I don't know, fancy fucking thing. And um, it's not, it, it looks like a... I don't know, like a like a normal office chair, I guess. Okay. But it's so fucking comfortable. So I bought it because they were like gamers literally live in their chairs. Like it's not. Yeah. It's not like an office chair where you know maybe you're max spending like six or eight hours. Gamers literally fucking like this thing tilts back and you can take a nap in it. And I was like, oh, nice. That's the life I want to live. So I feel like we buy like gamer accessories too, like to sort of like 
fit our lifestyle and there's just such a funny overlap. I know so much about gaming, even though I'm not a gamer, just from doing research on like accessories and shit. See, I, I'm not like a gamer gamer, but I love Minecraft and I like playing, you know, video games. But like, it's funny because a lot of the gamers don't like the bucket seats and they uh-huh. not, I always think of Arthur Miller, the dance, the dance thing, but it's what are those really super expensive chairs? Herman Miller. <laughs> Herman Miller. Of course she knows. Yeah. So there's, there are several, of course, you know, the answer. There are several um, gamers because I like watching the live streams because I don't have as much time to game. So uh-huh. when I, instead of watching like television, TV, I watch Twitch streams mostly uh-huh. when I, I'm, I'm off. But yeah, they all swear by Herman Miller. Now I have a Han chair for gaming that it's like three years old and it's time to get a new one. So when I, I'm looking to buy a house, so when I do, I was thinking of getting a Herman Miller. They're like fifteen hundred to grand or something. Yeah, it's like no joke. Yeah, yeah. But my actual writing chair, because I have an all-in-one as my writing computer, because I can't do gaming on it, so I can't uh-huh. get distracted. But that's part of why. Um, because they don't have like graphics cards, they have more of the graphics components. So I uh-huh. can do covers on there, but I can't do gaming. Yeah, let's it's less than two years and I need another all in one or whatever. I have like a Barker lounger as my chair. My keyboard I put on like a little lap desk and I sit there and I put my legs up and it's got massage, it's got heat. It's yes. got <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's it was not a cheap chair. I think it was like twelve hundred uh-huh. bucks, but the last one I had was about the same and it lasted me a couple years. Um, but uh, yeah, like you were saying, if you sit your ass in it for you know, eight, nine, ten hours a day, yes. you better be making sure you're not screwing your back. For real. And I I'm such a weirdo that I half the time like those um for taking flights or whatever travel neck pillows uh-huh. i actually have a I actually have a neck pillow on most of the time when i'm writing oh do you oh smart yeah i have yeah because it, it helps with tension yes. even like i don't get tense when i'm writing tense scenes or whatever yes. i just kind of tilt my i've noticed a huge it sounds so stupid and i'm sure i look like an absolute like duffer when i'm doing it but it really has helped my back and I don't get neck pain anymore because I, I wear the stupid neck pillow when I'm writing. My fancy chair came with like a pillow that attaches to the back. And at first when I was setting up the chair, I was like, I'm not going to fucking use this. Like, this is stupid. But then um, yeah. my daughter or something put it on there and was playing with it. And then one day I was writing and I leaned back and I was like, oh, that is nice. This is yeah, nice. And it, it does yeah. the same thing. It just like um when it gets too crazy i like tilt back lean back and like relax into it and it's just so freaking nice i just do like the light back massage but it's a 20 minute cycle and that's how long i actually write for and then i get up and move around and do a little something and then sit back down and do another 20 minute cycle so i it's like so many authors are just like oh you know i just go to a coffee shop and set up my laptop and i'm like how's your back how's your fingers how's your anything do you value them because you you sound very like what's what was that old word kitschy or something um you sound you you sound very trendy doing that and like whatever but you're not in like five years this is gonna hurt your neck is gonna you're gonna have carpal tunnel 100 percent you know all this stuff yeah i sound like a super old woman and i'm really not no not at all i get it so hard um in the beginning too so um one of my besties raven lives like down the road and so in the beginning we used to try to be like those cool kids who would like go to the coffee shop and 
you know, get a nice latte and, you know, find a couch and just work, you know, and live that life. And then we also learned very quickly that was like not the life at all. It was so distracting and we never got shit done and like so uncomfortable. And yeah, we learned very quickly that that was not the plan. My word count has gone down since I've moved into an apartment significantly. Like I've, I've had trouble adjusting even. And, um, but like when I was living in a, it was a rental, but when I was living in a house in a quieter neighborhood and it was, it was a nice sized house, I had people all the time be like, how are you doing this many books? How are you saying that you're getting 10,000 words done a day? And I was like, I don't have kids. Yeah. I don't fuck around. Right. I, this is a job. Yeah. I don't have, um, plot bunnies. I don't have some of the others. I mean, I, I get it to a point and I goof around with it, yeah. but I get really annoyed when some authors are like, oh, my plot bunnies are, how's your muse? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, Stephen King doesn't talk about his plot bunnies and his muse. He outlines, this is a real job. I really work at it. And more than that, I I, I make sure that I'm in my bubble. I'm focused just like any other job. Yeah. yeah. I prefer to write in quiet, but now in the apartment, I tend to put on music. It keeps my dog from hearing every little noise and barking. Uh I used to do the same thing when it was time for the kids to come home in the neighborhood and the school bus would be super loud or the UPS truck, you know, normal mailman times I would put on music. Right. Like you just, you focus, you, I mean, yeah, there's going to be days where you can't do. Yep. Like yesterday, I was just so out of it because the day before it was 60 degrees out and within 16 hours it snowed. (laughs) <laughs> and my head was just, I kept saying to my friend around here, because we walk, our dogs are, our dogs are dating. Oh, um, cute. They're super cute. And we walk like once a day because she lives in the apartment complex too. Uh-huh. And I just said to her, I just keep feeling like, is this thing on? Is this thing attached up here? <laughs> my head was so, <laughs> oh yeah. Vader has a girlfriend. She is a three-year-old uh, Cane Corso, which is those huge Italian Mastiffs. Yes, I love a big beefy dog. Oh my gosh, love. She is 145 pounds. Yes, girl. Thick one. And yes, she's we like a thick girl. We and do. she likes an older man because he's eight and a half and 60-pound Weimariner Beagle Mutt Mix. They are the cutest couple. Um, They're the power couple of the complex. Naturally, naturally. In two years of dating, they've only fought over blueberries a couple times. I mean, that is a solid relationship. You really just can't ask for more than that. You really can't. Right? Relationship goals. Only two fights over food. 100%. I just like gave my husband a glare because he couldn't help me figure out the microphone as though he knows what he's doing because I just decided he should. So really, you know, blueberry battles, that's living the life. Right. You said you have a daughter. Do you have any fur pets or just one child? I'd have a whole ass farm if I could get away with it. Um, But I have um, a cat who's currently pissed because she's in the office with me and she doesn't want to be, but it's her own fault. And and then I have two French bulldogs and uh, one of them. So he's definitely no Darth level intelligence, but um, he's smart for a Frenchie. (laughs) as yeah. condescending as and accurate as that is. So like um we had my best little buddy died last summer and so um sorry. like super suddenly and um so we hit like Christmas time and we had um our little girl Winnie who was just like sad and she was still like puppy and she just wasn't playing anymore and so we felt like it was time to start looking again. And um I had 
found or heard of um, long-haired Frenchies when I was doing research for one of my series, The Aussies Chronicles. I have like a dog in there named Hoot, and I was looking for like weird-looking dogs, and I found a picture of a long-haired Frenchie on Pinterest, and I thought it was like an edited photo. I didn't think it was a real dog. Like they look like little Ewoks. And um, oh my god, that's so 100%. funny! So I didn't think it was real, but when I was doing research for the book and like you know different breeds I could mix together to get like a really weird looking animal, I realized that they are real. So when we were talking about potentially looking for a new pet, I was like, let's look for long haired Frenchies. I don't think they're a thing, but like maybe we can find something. So I started looking and immediately found a lady who breeds them. And apparently they're just normal Frenchies. It's just a a gene that some of them have where they grow longer fur as opposed to the others. And, um, and she had a little clearance dog. Um, uh, He was older. He was like, I think he was like around seven months. Um, Nobody had taken him. And we took one look at him and we're like, okay, we'll come get him. So we brought him home like two days later. And, um, and he's just the funniest fucking dog. And, you know, all of just like the silly, goofy, like Frenchy qualities. Yeah. Um, but he's fucking smart. He opens doors as well. He gets into like the trash cupboard. He does all sorts of crazy ass shit that we've never had a French bulldog do because normally they're very like the Frenchies like just want to cuddle and sleep. Like they don't really do anything. Yeah. They're very lazy. Yeah. They're, they're not- kind of. They're kind of lump, lumps on them. Exactly. They're not the smartest, you know, like little guys. Um, but he's shown up and just been like, fuck that. So he just gets into all sorts of crazy stuff. And now we like have to childproof things. We don't have any babies in the oh, house. So but we fully like had to childproof our house and like, you know, double check that like everything is safe when we leave and like all sorts of just funny, hilarious things. But um, my bestie just had a baby so i'm like listen my house is good to go like bring that little nugget over because we are childproof and we are ready thanks to our dog oh, who's smarter it. than we expected and i do get a lot of hate emails um because i swear a lot in my books and for some reason oh, yeah. that's been like the one my use of fuck or any kind of like derivative of fuck really just pisses people off for some reason i get a lot of messages about that i get a lot of um there's always like you could be a great author if you if you didn't you know why you you weren't such an idiot exactly Mm -hmm. or always there's always like a handful of comments like when an ad goes out for a book there's always a handful of comments like on an ad of people like complaining about the use of language i mean i have you know, warnings that all of my books are like adult and that I use like (laughs) language and graphic sex and graphic violence and all of that. But I've learned that a lot of times readers don't read. And so people just like never (laughs) ever see any of the warnings and then they dive in and they get a little bit of a shock and then they get mad. (laughs) So (laughs) it happens. Yep. Luckily, I've gotten a lot more love for the things um so it definitely drowns out the hate but i swear once a week i will open an email that is somebody complaining about my use of language so it's just really funny 
I'm like, women can yeah. say fuck too. You're going to be okay. It can go left so quickly. You know, everything will be great. And you're just meeting like the coolest fucking people and just like amazing readers. And then there will sometimes be an occasional person where like the vibe is just super off. And you're like, this feels a little like dangerous. Like what is happening right now? And you just don't, you just don't know. You just, yeah. When your instincts kind of like ping and you're like, okay, I don't, I don't know what to do. I, we're, you're right yeah. here. And I don't, I just want everyone to be happy and read books and not, you know. I don't like strangers touching me. People just can't come and hug you. Right. And you're like, okay. I, I, and then you're the jerk for being like, okay, I, I don't know you. Please don't touch me. Right. It's, um, it's hard to like find the balance of like being welcoming and appreciative, but also like having boundaries and keeping yourself yeah. comfortable. Yeah. The only time, but still, even with the over exuberance, most people back off. Most people are very nice. Uh -huh. I had a great time talking to a lot of the fans. It's like somebody's got to ruin it for everyone. But like, it, it, there's there are crazies out there, and you just you can't you can't let it. You know, you you got to put yourself first. You got to yeah. protect yourself. And as much as I'd like to do signings and meet fans, you're never going to get them not to take pictures. Somebody's right. always going to be a jerk and take a picture. Right. Yep. And I don't want my face out there anymore. I'm a single woman who lives alone. Mm -hmm. And I, I've already I've already had a stalker show up at my door and had to get involved, the police involved and everything. And yeah. I don't want to do that again. I want to be able to sleep at night. Yeah. No, you have to do like what's best for you. And it doesn't look the same for every person by any means, which exactly. is difficult, but also like is what it is. No, I totally get that. That's a very like pervasive issue like in our writer world is trying to figure out like how much of yourself like either your personality or your life or like your face your very your very being to like show and involve in it and when to like know to like pull back in the beginning for me um I did not want to show my face mostly because I'm a fat kid and I knew that sometimes, like when people are reading a lot of times, or at least maybe this is just me as a reader, I can sometimes picture the author like I picture the characters. And sometimes when you see who is behind the curtain, you can be like, oh, that's not at all what I expected. And while for a lot of readers, that's just like an innocent moment where you're like, oh, that, she doesn't look like I thought she would look. Um, but for some people, it can like be a deterrent, like they, oh, you know, don't want to reward your fat kid lifestyle or whatever. So they don't want to read your shit anymore. Um, or oh. social media can be like more unkind, like when you're a fat kid or whatever. So for me in the beginning, I was really hesitant to show what yeah. I look like or to even want to consider doing signings because I didn't want people to know who was behind the curtain. Um, but then I just did because it you know, just becomes like reality. And I was invited to a signing and I wanted to feel like a cool kid. So I did it. Uh, everyone was yeah. super nice and nobody's been like a total cunt about it. But like, it, it feels that way now with like TikTok and, you know, Instagram. It's like, how much do I really want to like put my, my face and my whole like life out there? And how much do I not? Because it, it's just a hard balance. I mean, how do you... Oh, for sure. Decide like what is or isn't okay. And I feel like the social media aspect of our jobs is so difficult in its own right. Like, I just feel like. Well, it's a double edged sword because exactly. we would be what we are without ebooks exactly. and social media. 
also the dangerous factor. Yeah. I did show my face originally to start uh-huh. and then pulled back after things went too awry. Um, I think Goodreads is a cesspool. I'm, I heard it's gotten better. I think it's a cesspool yeah. of nothing. I, I had people photoshopping my face onto everything gross what is the i was i can't even tell you how many quote-unquote reviews i was fat shamed in um what's the one it's not cousin it it's like the blob thing from one of the 80s cult classic horror movies um and they were photoshopping my face on it they were photoshopping animals having sex in my face on stuff like it was this whole thing who was just for this shit I don't know, but Goodreads wouldn't take it down. Oh, I reported gross. it, and they're like, that's freedom of... I'm like, that is not freedom of whatever. That is my f- photo manipulation. It's harassment. It's yeah. fat shaming. It's bullying. And so I just took everything down, and anything up there is has nothing to do with me. I'm not right. you know, on there, whatever. How is Goodreads just like, oh, it's fine. What? Are yeah, we for they real? they wouldn't take any of it down. Ugh. And this was years and years ago, so I haven't been back since in any of that. And that's you know it's dangerous it's you if you if you don't say anything you know it's like you're okay with it yeah because that's even like uh what is the streamer's name qc cinderella or something where all the deep fakes and she's been on like deep faked porn sites oh i know what you're talking about i've seen like some documentaries on the whole deep fake situation how fucking terrifying that is gee and she's she's struggling with body dysmorphia because oh. all of these deep fakes on porn sites and her attorneys are like you have nothing legally to sue about or stand on so and it's like how is that okay we all talk about how our laws need to catch up like with our technology but like yep. it's just terrifying sometimes well and it really is it's and it's like you know what's the line because a lot of this stuff you know you have a, a snippet of a song even in your books mm-hmm. or even you write the lyric and your copyright infringement right. with that one little line mm-hmm. there's no consistency because even like um who's the one that got sued because they posted a photo of themselves but they didn't take the picture so they got sued for copyright infringement what? for posting a photo yeah i'm trying to think of who it was um I want to say Miley Cyrus, but that might not be it. She reposted a photo of herself that a, a paparazzi had taken, and, oh and they, oh, I think it was Jennifer Lawrence, and they sued her for copyright infringement because the photo wasn't hers. Oh my God. They took it, and but it's her image. Right. And, like, that lawsuit won. They and it I, didn't know. Yeah. Uh, if they take a picture of you, they own that part of you, that copyright of you. And you can't even do anything about that photo, which is the other reason I, I won't show my face anymore. Not that I'm, you know, Jennifer Lawrence here, like, whatever. Nobody is Jennifer about. Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Um, but it's just like that weird, creepy ownership of stuff. Yeah. And so, like, I have a problem even with copyright infringement stuff because I can't report that somebody is copyright as a copyright violation. I mean, there's whole episodes of like Game of Thrones on there and I can't report it unless it's my copyright. Got it. And then and then I had somebody I I'm bringing this up mostly because I had to go to battle somebody was reading my books and because I didn't have audio book. That as a violation, they didn't see the issue there. Well, I I eventually, but their thing was is that 
there wasn't a copyright against the audiobook because there wasn't an audiobook. Ugh. And I got pissed because just because there isn't something, it's still not taking a book out of a library and reading it to maybe like a class. Yeah. They're making money right. off that, or they could potentially. It's not theirs to decide. It's mine. I own the copyright of that work, even if it's not an audio. I mean, even if the audiobook hasn't technically been produced, you still own the rights to the audio. It shouldn't matter if there's a competing like entity to this person reading. It doesn't matter. You still own the rights to the audio and this person isn't allowed to do what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So this is something we could talk about the crap of that romance in general gets, because you write romance too, right? You're paranormal romance. Game of Thrones. He's fantasy. He's quote unquote, not romance, but those books have more sex incest underage everything else mm-hmm. but because it's mainstream and popular that's okay we're not gonna but you know if it's romance we're smut we're erotica we're uh-huh. and i hate i hate the word smut i get so annoyed i'm yeah <laughs> i i don't like when other authors are like oh my you know my smut books i'm like excuse me no no we don't make <laughs> right. that word popular we don't we don't disrespect ourselves and our work mm-hmm. our hard work mm-hmm. by calling our stuff trash well and i just think there's so much more between those moments for so many of us who write romance that it feels it's a bit of a bummer to have it all just like put in that little box yes and like you said like he um his whole series you know, is fantasy, but not considered romance, even though it's very like graphically sexual and, and references a lot of that. And it's all interwoven in his stories, but because there isn't like a lovey dovey, like main interest or like a happy ending sort of thing, it doesn't technically count. And I don't think that that's how that works but that's just me (laughs) no i i absolutely agree with you and i got a lot of flack because she is getting back with somebody who was kind of i don't want to say kind of emotionally abusive she's letting him back in but he went through a lot of stuff a lot of it isn't exactly what she thought Mm -hmm. she's trying to get it back in and i've gotten a lot of crap for that like you're you're you know forgiving things you shouldn't you're allowing the stereotype and i got mad and i was like okay how many of you are giving me crap and saying i'm enabling this stereotype i'm enabling men to get away with crap while you're probably watching house and the dragon and voting for i don't know if his name's damon damien whatever his name is who's grooming his niece and they get together and have babies so how many of you are giving me crap oh you don't know that from house of the dragon i haven't seen it i haven't either i just know it from the tiktoks i know i know the whole vibe yeah i do know the vibe yeah yeah like how many of you are giving me crap that she's giving forgiveness and a chance at rehabilitation and to grow in life because the guy is like 24 year Uh old idiot Uh you know like we get older and better um he never hit her or anything Mm -hmm. he didn't understand that his his behavior was manipulative right that's different than grooming your niece (laughs) and you know that's that's probably the same people who are like this is an epic love story no it's Uh, not he's grooming his niece for incest well it is so interesting to me what tv and movies can get away with that writers of books really can't for me another big one would be cliffhangers and oh yeah anytime 
so I love a good cliffhanger. I love as a reader, oh, yeah. like as a reader, mm-hmm. I love it. I mean, in the moment you're like, what? Fuck, I need the next book. And you just hope there is the next mm-hmm. book. Um, but for me, it does what it's supposed to do. It gets me hooked right into the next thing. That's so I love them. I write them. And yep, the amount of just hate your hate for cliffhangers mm-hmm. and you know solid complaining like sometimes it's all in good fun but sometimes people are legitimately pissed and i um, hate you i'm never reading your stuff yeah. ever again one, go go die one star yep. in your books because you yep. got a cliffhanger and just like all of this really intense reaction to cliffhangers and yet we all watch, you know, series on TV where like every fucking show is a goddamn cliffhanger because they need you hooked into the next yeah. one. Like it's a legitimate, oh, yeah. like, anyway, it's just so, it's really interesting, like what different mediums can get away with and others can't. Yeah. And yeah, we're definitely held to a more interesting standard. Yeah, I do it too. I don't do it. I want to say maybe maybe less than a quarter of the time, but I do it if it's like the story kind of needs it. Or I've had ones where they're like, God, that cliffhanger was killer. I'm like, what cliffhanger? There wasn't even a cliffhanger. It's just the story. (laughs) Did I do that? Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's, yeah, it's not even like there's a cliffhanger. It's just like, it's a series. The story will continue next Mm -hmm. time. Like Mm -hmm. there's more to come. We all know that. Um, On that though, is like people freaking out over things. Do you get the, okay, not to pick on fans. We love our fans. We do. I appreciate you guys giving me the life that I have. However, comma, some of you are silly and I I publicly pick on them because we just need the fun. Um, Do you get the ones like, okay, so my biggest series is Artemis. I think I just, book 19 is going to come out next month or the month after or something. Girl, get it. Oh my God, I'm terrified to finish the series. That's a whole other bu- a ball, bucket of balls. I'll, I'll, no, okay. for real. I'm like, if we want to talk about how fucking difficult it is to end or. Have you done it, girl? Have you ended a series? <laughs> yes and no. Okay, wait, 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 let me finish this and okay. we can get back to yeah. that. I want to I want I want to pick your brain on that because yeah. I've never done it. <laughs> okay. We the book is coming out and do you get those fans that every book is Oh my god, was that the last book? And it's like, "No!" Like <laughs> I didn't say it was the finale. I didn't say it was the last one. I probably just peeked out my mic when I said when I did that. Sorry. But like, no, it's not the When did I say? They're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that was the last book." It's like, "Who the fuck said that was the last? Why are you doing this to me?" So, I've never gotten that. Oh my god, there's always like <laughs> a dozen people every time that like leave a review or send me an email like, "I can't believe you ended the series on that." But I'm that like, "Wasn't it? Why? <laughs> Why is it in your brain that every time the series is like, I don't know if I'm either doing a really good job at this or really bad because that wasn't, (laughs) it's okay. Well, I, somebody, somebody was like, oh, well, you say in your author note at the end, thank you for continuing this journey with me. I'm like, yes, continuing. I didn't say it's the end. Like, thank you for continuing this journey. We're still going. It's not a breakup note. (laughs) Yeah. I can't tell you how many posts notes and everything i've said that my seraphine thomas series will continue until i die it's never ending it's that type of series i want it to go forever can i just say that i love that you love the world and the characters so much that you can keep going because i think that is really difficult to do see i have a problem okay so i started artemis before all the paranormal romance college type Mm -hmm. reverse harem genre i actually started before that blew up so big okay 
not to be like i i mean i got the somebody else had done it before me it's not like i'm saying Ooh, no, I'm, I totally first. I'm, I'm not i totally get it. i had started that series like a year and a half actually before i even published it uh-huh. but i was focused more on seraphine because that made my money and i needed rent right <laughs> so <laughs> Then I ended up having some trouble getting a new editor and I had these books already edited and I'm like, fine, let's just throw them out there. And they blew up, like totally Love blew up. Love that. And that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Like you want that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't blow up to your level. I would like to, oh, all hail <laughs> queen Ivy. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, I'm not at your level. Let's just call a spade a spade. And that would be great one day. I don't even know if I'm at any level. Let's be honest. I'm a, I'm a hot mess on my best day. <laughs> Well, we're we're not comparing like, you know, sales sheets here. I just kind of go off the reviews. Like if you have double my reviews, you're doing something a little bit better than me. Let's just go with that. Fair enough. I will take that. Thank you. So all hail Queen Heidi. Oh. Um, no. <laughs> um, no, but so it blew up and I'm dying because I've gotten so much crap from people that I never end my series. Like, oh, she's got all these open series. She's always making new ones. She never ends them. And the one series that I said would be like 25, 26 books, everybody is pissed that I'm going to end. And I'm like, I can't, I can't with you people. Like you're <laughs> and I but I'm so scared to end it. I know how the ending is. I've known how the mm-hmm. ending is going to be mm-hmm. since the beginning. If you read the series, you should not be surprised at the ending. It really is I've left enough breadcrumbs. I've 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 been right. It's gonna be full circle. Yeah, it's exactly. It's not meant to be a shocker ending. It's meant to be heartwarming and we got to where she needed to be. Right. But I'm terrified because I've never read a series or watched a TV show series that ended and I wasn't like, oh that fucking blows. No, for real. I feel that. I really feel that. Yeah. So how have you, so you've done it, but you haven't. So like, here's the thing with me. <laughs> Again, hot mess all the way. <laughs> so I have ended series, but I, but like in an open fucked up way, does that make sense at all? Oh, like you abandoned them? No. Like you abandoned them? No. Oh God, no, no. Okay. So I've done that. that. I would oh, never. Do that. I've done that where they sold like two books and I'm like, this is done. <laughs> no, see. Okay. So for me, anytime. So there's been a massive amount of just sheer fucking luck with me. And and so when I first released, okay, so my biggest series is um, the Lost Sentinel series. And when I wrote the first book, I mean, as you know, as an indie, you write it and you have no fucking clue if it's going to hit or resonate or pick up traction. You have, you just don't know what it's going to do. And So for me, when I published it, I thought I had a good book. It was something that I wanted to read and I felt like, you know, readers would hopefully like it. Um, I got very lucky. Okay, don't don't hate me. Okay, go. I actually loved it. Oh, thank you. Why would I hate you? (laughs) Because because I never finished the series. Girl, do you do you even know as in we don't have time to read, bro? <laughs> that was exactly what I was going to say. I I you it was one of the last books I've actually read besides my own edits and it's just I don't have time. But yeah, I loved it. And I don't mean and I don't mean to say this like I'm fabulous, but I never say that to people. I don't go on the record because you get in trouble or somebody will say something and it's like a weird thing. But no, I loved the series. Oh, I honestly, you. it's been so many years. I don't remember what it was about. But when people were suggesting 
because the reason we the way we invited people is I had my fans suggest who do you want me to talk to and you came up a couple times and I was like I know that name god I know that name. right and we pulled you and I was like oh my god she put out the other books I can finally read them and I'm like oh she did that years ago I'm an asshole <laughs> no you're not. <laughs> trust me I get it there's no there's just no time you get so so freaking busy with like every oh, sure. aspect of this that there's just really no time so I get that the fact that you even picked up anything is just like makes my fucking day and I'm super super fucking grateful so thank you it's just I don't know it's fantastic when I put it out there I just you never know okay so I got hella fucking lucky and it did what it did it took off good um, for you it did its thing and then it was like a scramble to keep up with the momentum mm-hmm. so yep. um like I've never written as fast or as hard as I did the first two years of this fucking job. And it was beautiful mm-hmm. and amazing and so fucking brutal and just like not sustainable at all. So when it came to ending um, that series, I knew I wanted to do more in the world. And I had um, an idea of how I could connect different characters but you just don't know if people are going to give a shit. So yeah. I I release between book three in the Lost Sentinel series and book four. I released the first book in a new series called the Shadowed Wing series. Now, I knew in my head that they were going to be connected, but I didn't want to like advertise that or say that they were going to ultimately be connected like one book was going to be connected to the sentinel world because it felt like spoilers to me so i completely mismanaged that because people had no idea (laughs) that it was connected right and um there's no easy answer no it's all just flying by the seat of your fucking pants like completely oh for sure just shooting in the dark who knows what's gonna work and who's not so um when i ended uh the lost sentinel series I ended it in a way that sort of kept it open in the sense that like, I felt like the, the entire arc of the series, Vina, her discovery of herself, um, her finding her mates, her, you know, just figuring out who she is and all of that, like that had come to its conclusion. But in the end, I left it open as in like, we know that they're off doing good things, but if these other series don't pick up, then I don't, I don't. I don't have to write in the world again. It is like a feel good ending, so to speak, if right. that makes sense. So it's like ended, but like not because. Yeah. Well, cause the story never technically ends and that leaves you open to go back. Cause I've had people be like, I understand you're going to end it when she ends college, but I want to see Tamsin pregnant later. And I'm like, I'm not against that. I'm right. not against doing and like Christmas something. The thing I think that I do. And sometimes it's great because like you said, it gives mm-hmm. you the opportunity where if you wanted to revisit, you could, but then at yeah. the same time, it also shoots you a little bit in the foot because there is still the possibility to the reader and a reader who loves a world that you've built characters that you've created they want all of it they want all of it for time and all eternity they want like you said the pregnancy the weddings the future they want to they're invested in these characters their family to them and they want to keep going 
And sometimes that's an amazing feeling. Sometimes there's a lot of pressure behind that. And sometimes, oh my God, yeah. Sometimes there's just nowhere really for them to go that honors the, the original story, you know, because I feel like, and you're probably a fucking awesome person to talk to about this with because you have such a long series. But for me as a reader, I feel like I kind of max out sometimes unless I really, really love the characters and each book has a, a different vibe. I feel like I max out at like four books, maybe five books in a series before things can sometimes get repetitive. You know what I mean? See, I have some of those reviews like that, but I think it's a different type of reader because I get a little miffed when all the books are always like trilogies or only four or five. I'm like, give me more. Give yeah. me, I want, I want the longevity. Cause that's like, that's more like a K drama where it's only like 16 episodes and then that the whole story is done versus a Grey's Anatomy that went on for 80 million years and is still going. <laughs> right. And I think that's the beauty too of readers and just authors in general is because there's so many different kinds of readers who love different kinds of things. And so you just oh, for sure. try to find like your people, I guess, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. I want to give a big thanks to Ivy Asher for joining me for such a fun conversation. Also, to all of our fans for checking this podcast out. I hope you liked what you heard and decide to stick around. Please make sure to subscribe to the Fat Books podcast on YouTube or Spotify or that little purple icon on your Apple device. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date on who we're recording with and when episodes are coming out. There's also a Patreon if you want to support the podcast and keep it going. Now let's hear a bit about what Ivy's working on and what to look forward to from her next. Yeah, I just have audiobook and then a signing and that's pretty much it. Thanks for staying until the end and hope you enjoyed it.